Welcome to the All About Animals radio show. We are a volunteer-run community radio station dedicated to all animals and those who advocate for them. My name is Nikita Dewan, and today we have Ms. Kushbu Gupta for the All About Elephants show. Ms. Kushbu is a chief advocacy officer and media spokesperson at PETA India, standing for People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. PETA has done a lot of investigative work in the animal welfare field, particularly for animal exploitation in the entertainment industry and in the food and leather industry. And I'm really excited to have you here. How are you, Ms. Kushbu, today? Hi, Nikita. I'm, I'm good. And thank you for having me on the show. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much. I'm so excited for this interview. And can you just start by telling us about your background and how you got involved in this field? All right. So um, I have been into animal welfare for about 15 years now. And um, I'm a trained social worker. I'm master's in social work. And uh, while I was doing my studies, I saw that we have been working with different uh, vulnerable groups, right? I work with uh, women uh, in need of the women in distress and then children in need of care and protection. And then I realized that there is a, you know, a, a, a like big non-human members of big chunk of population of non-human members in our society, which are animals. And then nobody is really talking about that because uh, it's only in the past couple of years that we have like dedicated uh, studies for animal laws or animal welfare in India. But before that, at the time, there was nothing at all. So I had always, uh, you know, uh, wanted to use my skills for animals, uh, skills in social work to help animals. And that's what I did. And uh, I find that hands-on work is really challenging people who are always out there rescuing, sheltering and treating animals in uh, need of medical aid. So I, uh, my, my skills are basically in policy making. So that's how I got involved uh, with animals and uh, especially in the area of policy making and advocacy. That's really interesting. Um, it's very cool how you, you know, started with social work and how that sort of intersects with animal welfare in terms of like helping voiceless communities and um, those that we exploit. So, and after that, I know you've done a lot of work in like animal, the dairy and farming industry I'd seen on your profile, and now you're working at PETA. So can you tell us more about just PETA India and its mission? What kind of work do you guys do? Yeah. So yeah, that's right. I started with an approach of uh, animal welfare, but you know, both are important uh, in um, uh, both are important for animals because if you have to achieve something uh, for animals, then you have to start from a certain point. So to reach from A to Z, uh, you know, when you begin from A, it usually starts from, uh, you know, a welfare identification of a problem, welfare ask, mm -hmm. and ultimately, you know, for an animal's eye, animal rights is, should be the ultimate goal that we wanted. So mm -hmm. I started out with working in animal welfare, but ultimately I'm working with PETA. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it, its motto is very famous, which says animals are not ours to experiment on, eat, wear, use for entertainment or abuse in any other way. Mm -hmm. And um, I am uh, being the director of the advocacy pro uh, projects at PETA India. We look into all sorts of uh, work with the government, the policymakers, and uh, basically working with the uh, bureaucrats, politicians to get either to get better 
new policies for uh, animals or uh, you know look at the existing existing policies and if they need any amendment then we work with the government on that and uh, also change you know change something which uh, uh, which is currently in the law and it's not uh, helping animals at all or it's creating problems for them or is you know infringing on their rights um, in that case, uh, my me and my team are is working with the, the government on this mainly. Uh, PETA India also works in different uh, areas other than policy and governance, which are, you know, to working on animals in lab. We do a lot of vivisection work. And mm -hmm. then... Um, uh, we are working on uh, animals which are used uh, for tourism uh, in the entertainment industry. We're rescuing animals from circuses. We also have a fantastic round-the-clock helpline for advising people who want to help animals in need. Uh, it's called the emergency response uh, team that we have. Um, Peter India is also involved in a lot of direct uh, action wherein uh, we are filing complaints uh, uh, with the police if there has been any animal cruelty. And uh, of course, you know, we're educating the young people in the country by running a program, which is for school students, uh, wherein our team goes and uh, teaches them, uh, like, you know, shares knowledge about and uh, gives them perspective or, uh, perspective on how to be a compassionate citizen. Yeah, definitely. I think it's great how, you know, PETA is doing work from both top to down with the government and legal frameworks, but also, as you said, working with children and getting the grassroots efforts as well. And I think one where both come into play is one of your campaign main campaigns on temple elephants. So uh, can you just tell us more about temple elephants and how they're used in India in general? What kind of conditions do they endure? And what problems are they facing when in captivity, which we may not realize as just viewers to the festivals? Sure. So um, a lot of uh, temples uh, in India, uh, in especially in southern part of India, have uh, elephants, uh, you know, which are in uh, and who are in captivity there. So the main purpose of uh, these elephants uh, today is mainly to... Uh, you know, they, they are involved in some of the rituals in the temple, sometimes, you know, used for a public procession to carry the deity on their back. Mm -hmm. uh, also, sometimes, um, you know, and most of the times, in fact, uh, they are just used uh, uh, for blessing the devotees, like, you know, they lift their trunk and then, you know, put it on the head of the person in front. And it is considered a blessing from the elephant. And that stems from a belief that uh, elephant in India is a form of Lord Ganesha, uh, mm -hmm. who is revered uh, in our culture. Uh, though what, uh, you know, Peter India believes that, uh, uh, you know, that uh, no abused animal can ever bless, right? So mm -hmm. captivity, when, when these animals, elephants are social animals whose uh, homes are jungles. And uh, in order to keep them anywhere, whether they are used for a circus or rides or in a temple, um, they are taken away from their jungle homes. They are ripped apart from their families. Then it follows a cruel training. There are lots of videos online showing that how they are put in a crusher and that crush, which is called kraal. And uh, they kept hungry and thirsty for days and poked with uh, ankush, uh, which is like a, uh, which is a, uh, you know, metal tipped uh, uh, hook kind of a, you know, which is a stick with a metal hook, with a sharp metal hook with which they are poked repeatedly. Mm -hmm. 
these animals they're confused you know they just don't know what we are trying to tell them what what we are trying to make them to do and ultimately when uh, their spirit is broken they are brought to you know different places and one of those places are temples and uh, uh, there uh, you know in temples also everything that is meaningful and natural to an elephant is denied to them they are kept in uh, or they are kept all day on concrete they are chained uh, they are uh, again you know uh, they are beaten up uh, they they are beaten up uh, with the ankush they are beaten up with sticks and um, their foot foot issues if you'll see that commonly elephants who are in temples they have terrible foot condition they have different diseases infections uh, mm-hmm. there is completely unnatural food unnatural life in jungles elephant would walk for hours and hours but in captivity you know along with the mohoth how can how much uh, they would be able to walk maybe one hour in the evening and one hour in the morning that's it and whole day their job is to just you know collect money in exchange of those blessings or maybe you know be uh, used as a decoration i would say mm-hmm. uh, in the temples so that's what the condition of uh, these elephants is in the temples and recently uh, peta india had um, you know run a big campaign to highlight the plight of one elephant in a, uh, in a uh, temple in tamil nadu uh, it's called sri vilipattur nachiar uh, temple Mm-hmm. and uh, there is a uh, there is a elephant there her name is uh, jaymalata uh, she is called jaymalata in tamil nadu but uh, her original name is joymala uh, mm-hmm. because she is originally from assam so uh she was uh, there were there were two videos that were released by the media first when she was taken to a so called rejuvenation camp which was supposed to be her vacation to see other elephants and get some pampering but uh, what happened there was she was tied to a tree and beaten up uh, by two mohots uh, you know and then there was another video that came forward which was from this time from inside the temple premises where again a mohot was beating her uh, and she was screaming in pain so peter india had taken this up and uh, we worked with the tamil nadu forest department we approached them the forest department the uh, uh, the the department that is uh, uh, you know the authority for the temple management um which is the hindu religious and charitable endowments department so we worked with both and we tried to you know um, ask them to rehabilitate her because clearly if uh, there is a need, if if the mohot is repeatedly mistreating her that is mm-hmm. not just a violation of the prevention of cruelty to animals act this is plainly brutal uh, it's cruel and then uh, animals don't deserve to uh, be you know and and uh, to be given that kind of that sort of treatment and um, uh we we had been working with the government but it did not really you know uh, come to any conclusion and uh, they had taken measures by forming some committees to oversee her welfare uh but but ultimately uh, we also further investigation revealed that she was also illegally held in tamil nadu which is also true for most of the elephants in mm. uh, the temples Uh, which is surprising because uh, the temples are actually if you'll see that uh, elephant is a wild animal yeah. and um, 
wild animal uh, which is protected under schedule 1 of uh, the wildlife protection act of the country which means that the elephant enjoys the highest level of protection and the temples are openly violating that law which says that they need to have proper documentation if they have to keep elephants but uh, none of uh, i mean uh, most of the temples in kerala uh, Tamil Nadu, uh, even in Karnataka, wherever, you know, the, especially in temples, elephants are kept illegally. And uh, the temples, uh, you know, refuse to give up uh, the elephants uh, basis their illegality. And it's hard to believe that they are, uh, you know, in a way, if, uh, if an elephant is kept illegally, it's basically wildlife poaching. Because you're going to the jungles, getting the wildlife and keep making them captive without the due permission of the law. Um, so that's that's what the condition of uh, elephants is right now. Yeah, I've seen, uh, I saw her video. It was really heartbreaking to see um, how she was being treated. And, um, you know, although there was no conclusion with the government, at least it's good that her condition was brought, uh, attend there was attention from the public eye and that there were some level of committees formed to overlook it. And um, yeah, I had also seen that she was at least there for six months, but she was illegally held for a long time. And I was wondering about, you know, the legal frameworks around uh, temple elephants, but you clarified it um, about how there were loopholes in it. And I just wanted to ask as a follow-up question, um, do you th the, there's been a recent amendment to the Wildlife Protection Act, which specifies under what conditions elephants can be transferred, and one of them is religious purposes. So does that have, you know, has what's the status with that amendment and how is that factored into uh, the plight of temple elephants? So the amendment is now passed and it, uh, the Wildlife Protection Act has been uh, revised. And, uh, you know, earlier the government had uh, proposed that um, uh, elephants would be like, you know, um, like uh, the government had tried to make an amendment, which meant that the commercial trade of elephants would open up. But uh, after a lot of resistance, uh, that was uh, uh, that that was changed. You know, the law was again revised. And uh, now there is this uh, amendment in section 43 of the act, which says that for transfer and transport of elephants, you need to, uh, the, the central government will make certain terms and conditions for religious or any other purpose. Basically it is for any purpose. So if you are specifically saying religious or any other purpose, you are not really eliminating any purpose at all. So right. which this basically means that for any transfer and transport of uh, elephants, there has to be a certain terms and conditions that uh, central government will form and those needs to be followed. Now, this is, uh, I would say that, uh, uh, you know, the, the amendment of the Wildlife Protection Act as uh, PETA India had requested to ministries was a failed opportunity wherein the ministry could have ended the captivity of elephants. Mm -hmm. uh, but then, you know, that did not happen. They just went for a regulation route, which is very dangerous because what we have seen that the regulations still exist. Uh, you know, the state governments still have like there is a central government guideline for movement of elephants. There are, you know, the state government rules for keeping elephants. But what we actually observe in reality on the field with them is that they are abused day in and day out. Elephants are taken from one place to another by completely, you know, with complete disregard to the law. And uh, uh, and, and such things are not happening. For example, in case of Jai Malta, she was uh, leased out from Assam to Tamil Nadu for three years. 
and it's been more than you know 10 years that she's still there she was to return uh, after right. three years and now even the state government refuses to do so uh, due to PETA India's public pressure and, uh, you know, uh, our campaign, uh, the Assam government went to the court and now they have to, uh, you know, they are asking the court uh, for the custody of Joymala. Uh, so they call her Joymala. So, you know, her, for her custody, uh, they, they had to move to the high court because the other state government is refusing to even return the elephant. And Pita India also an intervener in the case. And what we are asking is a complete rehabilitation for the elephant because just bringing her back to the hometown or, you know, in the habitat is not going to help. She needs a specialized mm -hmm. rehabilitation center. She needs a sanctuary. She needs a specialized veterinary care to heal, not just physically, but also psychologically from the trauma of captivity that she has gone through. Right. Um, so so it's in the court so let's see how uh you know it pans out but uh, lately there have been a lot of uh, progressive orders from the tamil nadu high court regarding the captive elephants and uh, the courts have uh, taken cognizance and they have been asking the governments to uh, you know form policy that uh, that, that basically form policy that uh, takes uh, uh, away from the elephants in captivity so that, that is like, you know, something uh, which we see that might, uh, we, we might see better condition of captive elephants in maybe, you know, 10 years down the line in the country. But yeah, there is hope. Yeah, the, uh, that's great about the progressive movements by um, the government. And I completely agree with everything you said. And I can imagine a part of the difficulty in the government um, enforcing regulations for temple elephants in specific, is their religious importance it can create, I guess, conflict with those communities since they say, we, this is our culture, so you cannot take that away from us. So, and I feel like the solution that PETA has been working on sort of works with both sides, both regarding animal welfare and also helping those who still celebrating the festivals. So that brings me to discussing um, the solution of robotic elephants. So you've <laughs> recently um, worked with the life-sized elephant, Erin Yana Pili, and, um, and she was donated to the, he was donated to the Sri Krishna temple. So can you just tell us about this robotic elephant and describe it, what are its features, how lifelike is it? Is it mobile? What materials is it made of, um, et cetera? Sure. So Iriana Pili Raman, that's the name of the elephant. And what, what's very common in uh, temples in Kerala is that uh, the temples, especially the, uh, you know, the temples are, uh, have a family name. For example, this temple is Iriana Pili Sri Krishna temple. And um, they also, like, you know, if somebody had to donate a live elephant to a temple, the elephant would also carry the family name uh, as a prefix to his name. So that's why this one is called Iriana Pili Raman. So you can imagine, you know, the kind of acceptance that uh, this uh, life-sized robotic um, uh, elephant has received in Kerala. Mm -hmm. So Peter, um, 
so so Iyana Pili Ravan is uh, about he's about 800 kgs and uh, uh, with uh, and and he is 11 feet tall uh, so in kerala there is another thing where they would uh, really uh, like like there are there are special groups of elephant lovers and uh, they would really uh, observe what is the height and you know uh, physical features and uh, uh, you know traits of an elephant and uh, that's why we had uh, meticulously you know put uh, attention to how this elephant would look like so yanapilli raman is a lifelike robotic elephant which is 11 feet high and uh, he can uh, you know it can uh, move its eyes ears tails and uh, lift its trunk to perform the blessing action to the devotees and also spew water uh, mm. from the trunk. So, uh, you know, it can be used uh, for the temple rituals, for the processions, for carrying the deity on top, for the Anapuram ritual. So if you have seen some people climbing on top of an elephant and, you know, uh, raising umbrellas and everything. So for that particular uh, ritual, which is very famous in Kerala, this elephant can be very well used for it. And we demonstrated it when uh, during the uh, Nadai Ritul ceremony. Nadai Ritul means uh, basically it's a ritual where an elephant is donated uh, uh, to the deity of the temple. Mm -hmm. So we perform the exact same ritual that anyone would do with the live elephant. And uh, I performed the Nadaya Ritual of uh, Inyana Pili Raman and uh, devoted it uh, to the Krishna, which is the main deity of uh, this particular temple. Um, the, he's made of like, you know, uh, unlike the real elephants, he does not need uh, food, water, veterinary care uh, or the company of other elephants because he's just made of iron right. frame, mesh, uh, you know, uh, rubber. And uh, there are uh, five motors which uh, help with the movement uh, of uh, just like a lifelike elephant. Uh, the people, you know, uh, at the launch, they were so happy looking at that elephant. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there were people who were saying that uh, they don't feel, uh, you know, they, they don't feel scared because temples are supposed to be, uh, you know, uh, temples, uh, when we visit temple with our family, it's supposed to be a serene, peaceful experience. But when there are elephants in the temples or during the temple festival, it just creates such a, uh, you know, such an environment of uh, unrest because you never know when the elephant will run amok. You never know if you yeah. will come alive from the temple, from that festival, if you get attacked by an elephant, if your child would get harmed. But with such robotic elephants, you don't have to worry about all those things, you know, the rituals can uh, be followed um, you know the ceremonies can be as they are uh, the same kind of like you know drums and melums and everything that uh, are played in front of the elephant it could be in a same way but without any fear of life um, mm -hmm. as you might know that uh, in Kerala alone like more than 500 people have lost their lives uh, in the past 15 years due to elephant attacks in the temple festivals wow. so that's a big number mm -hmm. yeah I completely agree it seems that um, the solution is more manageable in terms of safety and also just resources you don't have to you don't need those elements of food and water and I also love that the elephant is mobile I, I'd seen a video and it made it just made it seem really lifelike 
And you mentioned mm-hmm. that people, you know, were very happy. They felt um, more peaceful. So um, in general, was the reaction positive? How did the temple authorities receive it? No, the temple authorities are glad and uh, they have received it uh, with open arms uh, called together. Um, so the the priest Rajkumar Nambuthuri of that temple is himself a very compassionate man. And mm-hmm. uh, he cares about animals. And uh, he, when we took this idea to him, he was very happy, in fact, uh, that, uh, you know, such an alternative is available. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and then he instantly agreed to pledge because whenever Peter is offering such an alternative to any temple, uh, we are also making them to pledge that they will never use an elephant or any other animal for the temple rituals or ceremonies. So he was very happy to make that pledge. And uh, in support of that pledge, we donated this elephant. And uh, he stood by it. You know, there was a lot of resistance uh, initially, like, you know, as it is for any new idea. So there were some groups that, you know, which were resisting, but he stood by it. And he stood by the fact that the role of uh, elephants in a temple is just as a decoration. And, uh, you know, it costs lakhs and lakhs of money for the temples, which they don't have to hire such elephants. And in such times, uh, you know, a priest uh, or temple authorities are not wrong uh, to look at the alternatives where there is so much of cruelty on uh, these uh, uh, animals. And uh, he he stood by the fact that uh, the true tenet of uh, Hinduism is ahimsa. And uh, when we have elephants in captivity, that involves a lot of cruelty. So that's not what our temples stand for. That's not what our religion stands for. Then why should we stand for, you know, continuing a baseless, uh, you know, baseless basically tradition? And uh, cruelty cannot be, or tradition cannot be reason to continue a cruelty, a cruel, uh, you know, practice in our culture. So... Uh, he has been very kind and compassionate and that really helped to bring this uh, alternative to uh, Kerala in a temple. And now many and many more temples are approaching Pita India and we have asked them to, uh, you know, to, we, we have informed them about our pledge and they are ready to pledge. And uh, there are many more elephants in making that we would be donating in uh, very soon. That's really good to hear. And you're, you've mentioned uh, just other temples showing interest as well. So I just wanted to ask, what do you see as the future for these robotic elephants? How do you plan to expand? Is there a possibility of sponsorship by companies and celebrities just to help with these efforts? Yeah, why not? Like Pita India stands ready to guide and assist any temple that wishes to, you know, use such mechanical elephants or a palanquin or a chariot, which are also, you know, ways that uh, can be replaced, uh, like, you know, that can be used instead of using a live elephant for temple rituals. So uh, we stand ready and guide and especially we, you know, uh, we urge temples to consider giving their live elephants for rehabilitation to sanctuaries and then adopt these uh, alternatives. Uh, we would be very happy. This time uh, in Kerala, Parvati Thiruvudu, the uh, South Indian actress, she supported the initiative and um, mm-hmm. a lot of celebrities, they tweeted about it. Uh, I met few after the launch and they were thrilled with the idea. And uh, 
certainly, we would uh, like many more companies to come forward because, you know, when these, uh, you, you might know about Rishur Puram, right? So when this Rishur Puram event happens in Kerala, which is like the biggest elephant performance festival, uh, which also, you know, is debatable whether it's legal or not. Um, you know, even in that, a lot of sponsors come forward from different walks of, uh, you know, uh, uh, like uh, different companies, they come forward and they sponsor the event. So we would really like if, you know, there are companies which are coming and sponsoring the cost of this elephant, which is just mere five lakh rupees, um, you know, and then it's basically for uh, years and years to come, this elephant needs minimal maintenance. So for years and years to come, that money can help uh, perform temple rituals in a safe and cruelty-free manner. No, yeah, I think definitely the benefits that you've highlighted of this solution definitely outweigh any cost of not having a real elephant. I think it's a really great solution. I've heard other ones about like having holographic elephants, but I think this one um, just makes it really lifelike. So it's really interesting to see that actually being implemented. And um, just regarding this campaign in general, uh, other than having initial uh, resistance, what were the challenges that you faced um, either in manufacturing or expanding, whatever? In the yeah, of course, you know, finding somebody, uh, you know, to make such a lifelike elephant was the biggest challenge, yeah. uh, first of all. And, uh, you know, I think we were very lucky that we could find someone which was within Kerala, but uh, we, were, mm-hmm. we were absolutely ready to get it manufactured everywhere in the country and then transported to Kerala because uh, you know for the sake of uh, those elephants which are abused day in and day out for the temple festivities um so we we could find one and then we work closely with the manufacturers to make it lifelike to ensure that you know the ears look like an asian elephant and not an african elephant for instance you know those kind of nitty-gritties um the the height the you know the the level from the ground that the trunk should uh, uh, trunk should uh, be raised so that the blessing action can be as natural as possible so um there's been a lot of uh, you know uh, background work that went into it and uh, um yeah and and it was uh, that was i think the basic uh, challenge that we faced initially but that's now solved and uh, now the challenge would only be that uh, we would want, you know, the government should come forward and support it. Uh, there has been a lot of uh, voices of uh, support from here and there, but uh, it would be really, you know, uh, nice that if the government uh, uh, basically replaces wherever there is use of live elephant with uh, such a mechanical elephant. And uh Definitely in record, regarding those voices, I know Peta India has been very successful in getting the support of celebrities celebrities and campaigns, such as you mentioned, uh, the South Indian actor Parvati. So can you just tell us a bit more about the role of celebrities in your campaign and how that's helped you gain support? So uh, the celebrities that support PETA, we are really grateful to them because, um, you know, they, they are the way to reach out to the masses. <clears throat> and especially, you know, if, uh, and that's really cool, right? If a celebrity is supporting, sorry. <clears throat> sorry. 
So if a celebrity is supporting a particular campaign, so it becomes slowly, you know, people listen to them, people understand, uh, you know, the celebrities who support Peter are compassionate themselves. Uh, and that has really helped, like, you know, Parvati Thiruvutu coming forward and supporting this idea of mechanical elephant. Uh, also got a lot of, you know, uh, media interested in mm. uh, in the in in this particular launch uh, of a robotic elephant and uh, though the concept itself was very much interested but having her with it also was you know uh, mm. uh, it it received uh, acceptability from the masses so um, definitely uh, uh, Peter India has always had uh, celebrity friends who come and support us, not just for Temple Elephant campaigns, for anything, whether it is pay and neuter, whether it is veganism, mm. uh, whether it is, you know, not using animals uh, in labs for anything. Uh, they have always come forward and support it. Yeah, that sounds that sounds amazing. And thank you so much for your insights. I loved hearing your perspective on Temple Elephants. I think uh, one thing that stuck with me about what you said is just an abused elephant can't bless. And I think that just shows the disparity in saying we're celebrating elephants as deities, yet also, you know, giving way to situations where we can abuse them and that can be overlooked by the law. And um, just hearing about the solution, it just, you know, gives me hope that these things are actually um, practical and being accepted, which I thought was um, really interesting. And I just wanted to ask, how can the listeners or the public get involved in this cause for Temple Elephants and support PETA? Oh, that that would be fantastic if people considering, you know, talking to their local temples and uh, asking them to switch to a mechanical elephant uh, so that they don't hire uh, an elephant for the rituals or, you know, uh, or if they all if that temple already has a captive elephant, uh, it would really, really help if a lot of people are going and talking to the temple authorities and showing them this alternative and, uh, you know, telling them that uh, why, uh, you know, they would like to see a mechanical elephant instead and this elephant uh, be sent to a sanctuary. Uh, that would be fantastic. And uh, people, if uh, any temple authority is interested, they can contact Peter India. And uh, if any devotee who wants to donate a mechanical elephant to a temple can also contact Peter India and we'll be very happy to facilitate it. Definitely. And we'll link all of uh, PETA's social media handles and campaign links in the description. So those Great. who are listening definitely should go check that out. And um, just Thank you so much, Ms. Kushbu, for coming in today. I loved hearing everything you had to say. And um, I really appreciate your time. Thank you very much, Nikita, for having me for this interaction. And uh, and good luck to you as well on all your endeavors for animals and uh, especially for Shankar. Mm-hmm.